All right, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you once again for joining us this week. Wow, it has been an amazing journey so far through so many episodes, and I just cannot thank all of you enough for your support. Again, more interviews are coming. Again, it's just sometimes difficult to schedule a lot of them, but in, until then, I really do appreciate the support on these smaller episodes. I know they're not the usual long-form interviews that many of you have come to like, but once again, I, I think these shorter ones are, are important. They're easier to digest and to listen to from time to time. And if anything, if you like to hear me rant, then this is the opportunity for me to do it. So thank you again. The support that I receive from the SoundCloud community as our host for this podcast, I'm so incredibly grateful for. Thank you to YouTube and Facebook who allow me to continue to advertise and put my videos up and my content up. And obviously, there's, there's been a lot of things that peop, you can say regardless of which affiliation you're, you're on when it comes to certain content. I'm just very grateful that I have the opportunity to put up mine. Uh, please continue to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get any of your podcasts. So I, I want to talk about something that I, I've thought about for a while, but this is definitely going to be the more pol politically divisive. And I'm not even here to talk to you about who you should vote for or who you shouldn't vote for because that's none of my business. And I'm not going to even share who I vote for. I want to just talk about politics in general. I'm not going to name the exact candidate at the moment. But I had a run-in here uh, during this fair week at Hillsdale with a candidate for Michigan's governor for next year. And I had a chance to talk to... Uh, his wife in particular, and really for about 45 minutes just hear their story. And it, it's weird because I've only been around a couple campaigns in my entire life. Uh, one uh, was way back uh, before high school, and then the second one was in, actually in college. And it's very, very skeptical, I think a lot of us are, for, I, mean, I think, good reasons and also bad reasons. Uh, to be honest, I, I think there are legitimate and illegitimate reasons to be skeptical. But when it comes to the area of politics, an area that is fueled by money and brings a lot of power over others and influence, fame, fortune, you, you name it. I think a lot of people, especially younger people, uh, millennials, Gen Zs, are very skeptical of, of politicians. And I, and I don't think there's I don't think there is a reason not to be because I think we've seen a lot of examples where politicians they don't they they don't really represent the community that they are vote that voted for them. Now in some cases absolutely they do. And I'm not even talking about left, right, up, down, center, what what have you. There there are some politicians regardless of whether or not you agree with them do vote and do propose um, bills and support legislation that they ran on. And regardless of whether or not people agree with them, at least they're you know, holding to their words so they have some sort of integrity, right? Well, it's interesting. During this conversation with, with this wife, um, she mentioned that, you know, we believe, you know, as Christians, because um, this, this particular couple are Christians, uh, she was telling me, and this is something that I found profound I wanted to actually share with you all, that, you know, God, we believe as Christians, God established three things. He believed he established the family, the church, and government. And there's obviously more things that God has established, but if you're taking those three categories, I think us Christians, we do believe that. I and mean, of course he established the church. 
Of, uh, he's the one who commissioned it. Of course, he created the family. And then also, of course, he oversees governments. All you got to do is read the gospel, Romans, and Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. You just have to look at those passages of scripture, and you can see that support there for sure, because God's over everything. And what this this wife of this gubernatorial candidate said to me was that we believe that God should be in two of those three things, but why do we not believe God should be in government? Are we afraid of imposing our beliefs on other people? Which I know has has been a, a, a point of contention on this podcast before, but whether you like it or not, someone is imposing their worldview on somebody else. And maybe if, if Christians didn't retreat so much in the market square, maybe we could have a better influence, but yet we're shamed even by our own our own for, for doing that. It's like, well, listen, if I don't impose my belief, somebody else is going to impose theirs. And impose is not the right word. It's not kicking the door open and saying, this is what you get, and I'm sorry, I don't care what you feel about that. No, that that is the you know, imposing and just, you know, basically kicking the door like down, kicking the door open and intruding. I, I think there's a different way of living one's life, and these are my convictions, but guess what? These convictions, these true values that I have, these godly values, actually benefit everyone because I'm not here to restrict people. I'm actually here to, to give people freedom and not take that away. Now, there will always be people, always be detractors from the Christian tradition that believe that the Christian tradition is archaic, it's outdated, it's what what are the criticism it's whitewashed it's patriarchal it's misogynist it's sexist it's racist all of those things which are completely unfounded by the way uh, i don't i wouldn't disagree that there are historical examples where people have done things in christ's name and then committed those atrocities of course but that's still a fallacy it, it's taking it, it's believing the misrepresentation of a few and then applying it to the entire thing. Like we wouldn't want to do that and, and reversed. I, I can't say that because I've met a, you know, for example, an atheist who is a immoral person. Then I, if I was to say then based on that experience that all atheists are immoral, like, are you kidding me? Like that's ridiculous. I, I could never make that because there are probably in a way more immoral Christians than there are atheists. Because the hypocrisy is so widespread in the church in, in, in so many ways. But I, I say all this to think about that, you know, one, one of the things that we, we as Christians, at least we understand, at least I hope we do, is that if we are submitting ourselves over to Christ, it's obviously, like, like Paul has said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Well, what happens when we submit our plans, our future, our careers, our passions, our gifts, our talents over to God. And we say, God, I want you to use this for the kingdom. Have we maybe as younger Christians forgotten that potentially, potentially, I'm not saying definitively, that politics could be a field that we're called to? I mean, it's, I would say universally, I I think the U.S. government I can say U.S. government in particular has, you know, detractors, it has critics on all spectrums. I don't think if you're independent, Democrat, Republican, or anywhere in between, I don't think anyone's 100% satisfied with the way things are going on at all times, right? doesn't matter if your candidate is in office or not, or somebody you support is in the office or not. I think all of us have our own criticisms. I mean, all you have to do is just walk into a room and people say, hey, what do you think of the president? Oh my goodness, Right. 
or and if if people are like, well, I love our president. Well, what about the governor? You're going to find somewhere where people don't like what's happening. And my my question is is that not only are us as Christians given given the you know freedom to not love and pray for your enemies. What was amazing about the gospel is that we're we are supposed to pray and love our family, our friends, and our enemies. So basically, there's no one we are supposed to not pray for. Everyone's covered, and regardless of whether you not you agree someone's in office or not, the true Christian response is that we pray for them. Could you imagine? Let's just say or take our current president or the last two presidents. So President Joe Biden, President Trump, obviously very polarizing figures, right? For the conservatives and for the and for the progressives, very polarizing for very different reasons, right? Well, what if all 100 million Christians, I don't, I don't know what that would look like, all every morning got down on our knees, thanked God for the fact that we had breath in our lungs, co- consecrated the day over to him, and then, like we are told, prayed for our leaders. Prayed, if you, if you think they're the worst people on the planet, like, horrible but you still prayed maybe for their salvation, their enlightenment. Could you imagine if we all did that instead of sat back and armchair quarterbacked everything and criticized and saying, I hope that person, you know, I mean, you think of the vile hatred, like, I hope that person dies. I hope that person gets out of office. I, I hate that person. It's like, well, is that Christ-like? Imagine if we truly prayed for our leaders and maybe if we looked at the field of politics, which I think a lot of us can agree is very dark, it is void of morality, it's it's void of for the most part of integrity because it's a power grab. It's it's another career that you can earn a lot of money, fortune, and fame, like I said earlier. But could you imagine if we're like, well, just as Jesus said, he didn't come to, you know, save the healthy. He came here to seek and save which was lost. He didn't come, you know, as a doctor doesn't need to fix the healthy, but he comes for the sick. Well, isn't that kind of like a universally accepted sick or dark area of our like livelihoods? I mean, if we're missionaries, if we are evangelizers, if we're supposed to take the gospel to the world, why are we afraid to take it to politics? I'm not saying we are. I'm saying that I have been hesitant. Growing up in maybe a culture, it's like, ah, you really can't. I mean, can someone really be a Christian and be a politician? Like, you'd have to compromise yourself in order to get success. That might be true if you weren't guided there by God, right? But what if it's God opening the doors? I mean, come on. Moses was chosen to lead lead Israel, but he couldn't talk. <laughs> so, like, are we forgetting how God can qualify us and open all the doors? And so it doesn't have to be a dilemma of, hmm, do I sell out my whole soul to get money for this campaign that I may or may not win? Or in order to get this deal done that I want, I have to compromise my values on this. Otherwise, a budget won't get passed or this bill won't go through and I will have run on a campaign of promises but then fulfilled none of them. Just like every other politician. Why don't we pray for godly leaders more? Why don't we ask ourselves, if is that a field that God wants to use me. And it might not be, right? I'm just wondering the fact that maybe as Christians, regardless of, of, I'm not even talking about your political stances. See, that's not the point. I'm not talking about your stances on gay marriage or abortion or the legalization of marijuana or 
a particular, you know, any other type of rights, um, the Black Lives Matter. I'm not, even, I'm not talking about any of that. I am just talking about the ability to ask God, saying, where do you want to use me? And if God calls somebody, if we can't trust each other and say, I believe God called me here, we look at other Christians and say, oh, you're just one of those people, Christians in name only. You're just there to get the fortune and fame. Like, mm, I understand that. I, I do understand that because we've seen examples where you know people try to get the Christian vote by quoting the Bible and they don't actually quote the Bible or I don't what other examples are there where they just throw out Bible verse completely out of context and they try to make it applicable to somehow get win our votes I understand that criticism it's not like it doesn't exist but I'm talking about people that you know, people that trust, establishing Christ at the center of your life and saying, I with confidence can say that Christ called me to enter this field. But that might be the misnomer. And this is what I was talking about with this couple, that right now they believe, and, and I trust them, that God has called them to run for governor. Doesn't necessarily mean that God wants them to win. And see, that's where we, we have to separate out our expectations of what success looks like versus God's. Remember what scripture talks about how there'll be greater rejoicing in heaven over one sinner in repentance than 99 righteous people who continue, basically, in the insinuation is doing what they're doing. What if the only reason God calls somebody into politics is during the campaign, they lead someone to Christ? And that's it. They go on, they lose, and then they go back to their old career. But if that's the only only point of it all, to save one person. What if that was the end goal of all of our careers? That no matter where we find ourselves, regardless of whether or not we're, we're doing ministry as a vocation, because the ministry, full-time ministry, that's like the big sexy thing of like, oh, you're really doing ministry. Well, I think church is done more outside of Sunday morning on those other six days of the week when you're actually living amongst people. You're around family members and friends and strangers who don't believe in God. It's, it's a se weird segue to the fact that politics, thats that can be a career for people. And if you're a Christian going into that field, I want to encourage you, honor God's calling, but don't forget for a second why we are here. We are here, all of us as Christians are here to spread the love of Christ and save people. That's it at the end of the day. We're not here to collect a paycheck. We're not here to to get our pension when we're 65 years old. We're not here to live for retirement or go on vacation, get the get the, that promotion you're looking for. That's not why we're here. We believe God can use those blessings for sure. God, God can use that. People who have financial success or they set a goal, they achieve it, those are good things. But that's not why we're here. And maybe if we start asking ourselves that, what's our purpose? And maybe for some, if we can trust that Christ is at the center of their lives, that politics might be that field. I don't know. Those are just some thoughts. I hope this helps maybe lend some perspective. In any case, may God bless you and may God keep you.